Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Merciless, Chapter 3. The public defender Harris was trying to get his client a job. It wasn't really his concern, but the young man in question was just 20 years old and already had a wife and a small child. He'd been prosecuted on a bank robbery charge, which put him in the crosshairs of the FBI. He was arrested, charged, jailed, prosecuted, and convicted. Now he was out on parole for good behavior after some speculative legal footwork by this attorney who had been one of John's cases. He got drunk one night with some friends who knocked over a branch bank when it opened early one morning. Haynes said, toyed with his napkin in the restaurant where he invited John Blackhawk for dinner. He drew five to ten, even though he was asleep in the back seat the whole time. Rough, John said. It's my real first case, the young man said. I want to do a good job, he glowered. Substance abuse is responsible for so many problems in our society. They did try to ban alcohol once, John remarked. Here show him. Yes, with interesting results. The only people who got rich during prohibition were the gangsters. That's usually what happens when you declare something illegal. It is a first offense for your client. He taught Sunday school. Actually, I know a minister who was involved in a murder. John said tongue-in-cheek. I know what you mean. But this kid was straight from the time he was old enough to walk. I talked to every relative he had and several friends, not to mention educators, who taught him. Vouch for him. That's a lot of legwork. Yes, it is, and I did it on my own time. I believe in this kid. I want to help him. If I can get him a job, make him understand that he has to stay away from his so-called friends who are also out on parole, he might have a chance. He's got a three-year-old kid. He had a sweet young wife who adores him. Sad case. John was not a communicable. He heard this story so many times, it was grating. He usually ended badly, but he wasn't going to tell this naive but passionate new attorney that ideals should be worth something. The boy lives in Jacobsville. I thought since your brother worked in Jacobsville with Cash Cryer, he might be willing to talk. There's a local parole officer. Put in a good word for him, mentioned he had the bad crowd that he got in with, and see if there's some way he can keep away from it. Said hopefully. A good talking to at the onset of his parole might do some good. John laughed. He might have that. Okay, I'll ask him. Harris brightened like a light bulb turned Thanks. Oh, you won. None of us going to law enforcement want to see a man fail from one mistake. However, if he steps out of line again, you'll be talking to a brick wall if you ask for help. I know that. John smiled. He talked to Mac. He talked to Mac, but he knew how that this was going to go down all the same. The guy's born loser. Mac said predictably when John phoned him. If he's stupid enough to be led into crime, he'll stay there. He's a follower with no sense of judgment about other people. I don't doubt it, but I promise Harris I'd ask you to intervene. If the kid can be kept away from his old associates, it might help. You can say no. This is not my problem. Mac said. I suppose I could talk to Grier, he said grudgingly, but if Harris's client gets into any more trouble ever, I'll be his worst nightmare. I'll be his second worst, thanks. Why are you making your own phone calls? Joe Riven asked suddenly. Doesn't your AA do that for you? She didn't come in this morning. John said. The worry he felt was reflecting itself. Didn't call either. That's not like her. Did you phone her apartment? Yes. No answer. Curious. Does she have enemies? Beyond laughed at Spider. I'm not likely to find her in a sack in the river, if that's what you mean. 
Sorry, I guess I've been in law enforcement too long. Join the club. You and Winnie coming to dinner Friday night. Yes, if Cammy isn't going to be there. Winnie likes Cammy. I know, but we're both had the triad from Cammy about her new candidate from your affections. She'll be on a row, and we don't want to spoil perfect dinner with a lot of argument. You know what I mean? John I have invited her if that's, if that's a help. Then you can expect us. Winnie will bring homemade rolls. I didn't ask. She offered. I'm amazed she can still manage to bend over the oven with her belly sticking out that far. Her charming more. Cammy's hair is going to be a boy because she's big in front like that. Childbirth is a mystery to most people, not to Cammy. We'll be over about six. Season. John hung up. He hadn't let it show in his tone, but he was worried about Jocelyn. It's the first time she ever missed work without calling first. Something big must be up. He merely thought of her son. He picked up the phone and started calling hospitals. Jocelyn was pacing the waiting room floor. She brought her knitting bag with her, but even that cord hadn't diverted her. This has been a bad attack, the worst one yet. She tried to go into the cubicle with Marky, but the attending physician and nurse had shooed her out in the kindest way possible. They needed to run tests, they explained. It was hard to leave a child who sounded as if he were smoldering to death. Jocelyn was beside herself. Marky was her whole life. What if he died this time? What if they couldn't save him? Jocelyn. She jumped and gasped at the sound of her boss's voice behind her. She looked around astonished. It's not like you, he explained. Not to call if you can't make it work. Figured it had to be something catastrophic. <laughs> she bit her lower lip. It's Marky, she said a long breath. A bad attack. The worst one he's had yet. She pulled her arms over her small breasts. They're running tests. At least she had a medical insurance, good insurance from her job, but it wouldn't cover all the expenses, and she didn't know how she'd add another monthly payment to the bill she already had. What sort of attack? John repeated. Her mind was busy. She hadn't even heard him. He has asthma, she said only. In the spring and fall, colds go down into his chest. He has chest infections, sometimes pneumonia. There are new drugs, good ones for his condition, and we use them. He has allergy shots every week, too, but his lungs are just weak. He's never had an attack come on so quickly or be this bad. I didn't think I'd even get him here in time. She bit her lip internally as he seen a specialist. Yes, lung specialist, allergist, works, she said. I don't even smoke, she said blatantly. He wondered how she managed to pay specialists. It would be rough for anybody, but especially for a single mother. On a limited budget, he didn't have to be told that a child with uncontrolled asthma was an expensive little person to treat. He had his own share of respiratory problems as a child. Kimmy had once told him he still had allergies, too. Jocelyn looked worried at the door. <sighs> Early at the door to the emergency room from which a white coat physician with a stethoscope around his neck had just emerged. That's Dr. Wagner, she explained as they moved toward him. He's our family doctor. The tall, thin physician smiled as she approached. It's all right, Jocelyn. He's doing very well. We'll have the test results for you very soon. You have to stop worrying so much, he added gently. Odds are very good that he'll outgrow the asthma, that the allergies will respond to the shots and diminish. It just needs time. She let him. I try so hard to make him wear his jacket when it's cool and a raincoat when it's rainy. She muttered. He whips him off the minute he gets out of my sight. Then he catches cold. There was a cold rain yesterday morning and he went outside during play period without a coat and didn't tell me until he woke up smothering this morning. Dr. Wagner choked. Don't blame yourself. He's very sorry that he did it. 
More because how upset you were than how dangerous it was to him he had it. He has a big heart for such a small child. He gets picked on a lot at school because he can't run like the other kids without getting out of breath. Jocelyn said heavily. Because he has to take shots for allergies. Why are kids so mean to each other? Why are they bull? Why are they bull? He's such a to play. I don't know. I wish it was an issue that could be resolved. Now, with cyberbullying so prevalent, a victimized child can see no peace even in his own home. There should be more lawsuits, Jocelyn. I agree, Johnson quietly. Dr. Wagner looked at John curiously. This is my boss, Jocelyn said quickly, so the doctor wouldn't get the wrong guy. See, your agent, John Blackhawk? <laughs> Dr. Wagner shook hands. I wanted to join the FBI myself when I was younger. The doctor said surprisingly, but my father wanted me to study medicine. Yeah. In the long run, I suppose he was right. We have four generations of physicians and surgeons in my family. I hate to be the one to break the tradition. It's lucky for us that you didn't, Jocelyn said. Thank you for taking such good care of Marky. And when I told you that one day you'll be glad you made the decision you made, he said enigmatically, I am now more than ever, despite the problems he had with the worst mom. Why don't you go and get something to eat, the doctor said. By the time you get back, Marky will be ready to go home. They won't have to keep him, she worried. Oh, I don't think so, he replied. We just want to make sure he's stabilized and get him started on the new antibiotic. There are new inhalers out also, Jocelyn. You should talk to his allergists about them. One is for the pediatric patients and has shown good results. She sighed heavily. The allergist had suggested one of the newer inhalers, which was out of was over a hundred dollars a month on her budget, even with good insurance. That was a fortune, but perhaps she could write the drug company and request a reduced price that had worked for her in the past. Thank God, he's gonna be all right. Nice to meet you, Agent Blackhawk. Doctor Wagner had a smile on his forehead. Nice guy, John remarked. Yes, very. Yes, we're very lucky to have him. He's taking great care of Marky. John was studying it with narrow eyes. The doctor's statement about the decision she made was puzzling. She was tired and raw from lack of sleep, or she might have recognized her, her words. His father and I were very good friends. We had too much to drink, and there was Marky. He stared at her. He didn't speak. She her face. I underestimated how she started to say drugged, and immediately got herself drunk. He was, and he didn't realize that I was naive about men. We were both stupid. She said, wasn't sure how I'd feel about a child who wasn't planned. She smiled. But now he's my whole world. Her voice broke off. Your path hasn't been an easy one, John said quietly. Nobody's path is easy. We just do what we have to do and go on living. I love my son. She had, had to live with the fact that Marky will always be Ill illegitimate. She looked up and hurts me. I try to live a conservative life, but it's not Marky's fault. Of course not. She picked up her purse from the seat she'd occupied. I'll get some breakfast and see what they can do for Marky, but I don't know if I can come in today. I'm very sorry. I should have phoned. I was concerned, he replied. Take the day off. If you can't make it in tomorrow, just let me know. It will be all right. The Bureau doesn't punish people for personal emergencies, you know. He offered with a kind smile. He smiled back. Thanks, he said. Marky's father. Is he still alive? The question hit her unexpectedly. I, I don't know. She stammered despite desperate for a way out of the conversation. You said that he was in the military station overseas, seeping in. Yes, I see. She folded her eyes. He was, um, listed as missing in action. A tragedy, she nodded. Thanks for coming down here, she said, retrieving her post. 
I don't know how you even found us. Abuse of power, equip. You can, I can pull strings when I want to. Unethical, sir, she pointed out. He shrugged. My brother is corrupting me. She laughed. She glanced at the big clock and the waiting. We've got a meeting with the sheriff about the Oklahoma kidnapping in ten minutes at the courthouse. She exclaimed, referring to a case which an agent in another field office had requested some help. FBI officers cooperated on cases from other jurisdictions. I never left. You'll never make it. <laughs> we'll make sure I catch all the traffic lights when they're green. He chuckled. Thanks again. You're welcome. I'll see you tomorrow. She nodded. She watched him walk away. Surprised her that he cared enough to hunt her down when she didn't show up for work. And he'd been really concerned. That might that made her feel warm inside. She thought it. His mother would be the worst enemy on earth to make. Jocelyn already knew how the woman felt about her. Gave her cold chills. But then she was worrying about things she might not ever have to consider. She had her son. And he was going to get better. That had to be her concern now. Only that. I'm really sorry about walking in the rain, Mommy. Marky apologized when they were back home in the small apartment. I love rain, he added plainly. I know you do, sweetheart, but your lungs don't, she said charmingly. You don't like being sick. So he said, I don't like making you upset, too. Diving into her side and held on to her. I love you so much, Mommy. I love you, too, pumpkin. She replied and hugged him back hard. I'll wear my coat next time. They both knew he was lying. She just had to be more careful. It wasn't the rain, doctor told her, but the fact that Marky was sensitive to viruses and he had one starting when he got wet. It wasn't dangerous for a healthy child, but then Marky had never really Marky had never been really robust. The specialist changed his allergy medicine. Jocelyn talked to the drug company. They agreed voluntarily to give her the inhaler for a fraction of the retail cost. The medication seemed to be working too. Marky perked up. His valleys and peaks leveled off, and he settled into school with resignation. Jocelyn had a long talk with Marky's teacher and the owner of the daycare, an attorney who was kind enough to help her pro bono for the first time being. The bullying was curtailed, but then they did mention that Marky was distracting in the classroom and set a date for her to come back alone and discuss it with them. Meanwhile, Marky got better and Jocelyn got her nerves back together. There was still the question of a diagnosis for Marky's behavioral problems. She didn't know what to do. There was really nobody who could help explain help except their doctor. She asked him about Marky and he agreed that it was possible that the child had attention deficit disorder. He was researching the medications and considering to apply for her. She was doing well until Cammie Blackhoff stormed in the office and glared at Jocelyn as she she was a hooker. I would like to see my son, she said hotly. Jocelyn practiced a uh, handle gruff and unpleasant individuals gave her a vacant smile. Of course, ma'am. Won't you have a seat in our modern and economically designed waiting area? Cammie blinked. Jocelyn picked up the phone. Mrs. Blackhawk is here to see you, sir. John came out the door at once, looking oddly protective as he glanced at Jocelyn. Then at Cammie. Hi. He said, Cammie stared at Jocelyn uncomfortably, then back at her son. I want you to come to supper tonight, she said friendly. I'm having survey. I'm having a soiree. Soiree, John asked surprised. It's a French word, sir, Jocelyn told him helpful. It means a small informal dinner. I know what it means. He snapped. She saluted him. He wrote us Cammy, I can't come. I'm having supper with Mac and Winnie. He said firmly. Don't call me Cammy. I'm your mother, she grumbled. And I don't want to try to eat while I'm being regaled, regaled with the latest fashion information. <laughs> he continued eagerly. Many, many people... Many, many people buy specialized magazines to ferret out that information. Just beginning to do you mind? Cammie snapped her. I am trying to speak to my son. Jocelyn suited her shoe, smiled again, and went back to typing on the computer. Come in here.
Jocelyn muttered, pulling Cammy into his office closer. For the last time, I do not want to have supper with your matrimonial candidate. She's a nice girl, his eyes known. I don't want to get married. When he's pregnant, why don't you go and overhaul her with motherly advice? Cammy brother, she's getting that from her old mother. I'm superfluous. Well, you can advise Mac on being a father, he countered. He's always being called away from the phone, and when I try to visit his office, he's always out. She said, you're a bulldozer. You don't, you don't think anyone can live if you're not telling them how to go about it. I'm just trying to help, she said, exasperated. You should have had more kids, she replied. It's empty nest syndrome. You're lonely and bored. You're all alone, she said miserably. What will happen to you when I die? He was shocked by the question. Are you planning to? She wrote her Don't be silly. I just want to see you happily married. Like Mac is. If it had been up to you, Mac would never have married Winnie. You matter. You thought she was after his money. So I made an error of judgment, she said, clearly uncomfortable. But this nice girl is just what you need. She's outgoing and social, always dressed in the latest fashion, and she knows many people in high places. So do I, he reminded her. You need a family. You don't even date anybody. Well, she went around. There was that lawyer. But wasn't she just trying to get information out of you about a client? He didn't like being reminded of that. I date when I feel like it. Yes, but you never feel like it, she retorted. You should have children to play with. Now while uh, you're still young enough to play with them and do things with them, I'm not married, Cammy. He said patiently, I notice. I lead a hectic life, he continued. Most women won't be able to put up with the hours I keep. Charlene is beautiful, and she's very tolerant of your lifestyle. Kim she is not, John's back, back. She said that I'd have to give up video games. You play too many of them, Cammy agreed. You should have children. You should have children to take up your spare time. Don't you have anything else to do with your life? So it's trying to run mine for me. John asked, finally exasperated. I am not trying to run your life. I want you to be happy. Harass me about marriages and doing the job. It isn't harassment, you got. Son, you don't even have a social life. I don't want one. I love my work. She uh, you always have, Kimmy replied him. You and McEwen bearing yourself on dangerous occupations. The past is taking every toll on both of you. And on you. John agreed to kiss her for it. I know you miss Dad, he said gently. So do all of us. But you're going overboard with plans for my future. You have to let life happen. You can't force people to do things they don't want to do. You'd like Charlene if you gave her a chance. She's the most opinionated woman I've met recently, he said gruffly. You're only upset because she said you'd have to stop playing many, so many video games, Cammy replied. And she's right. She's not. We can agree to differ. You should get more. Get out more. You spend too much time in this office with that woman out there. She muttered. Jocelyn is my administrative assistant, John replied. She's also a competent paralegal. Who do you think find, found the link that solved the murder of Mac's little girl? Cammy frowned. I thought it was McEwen. <sighs> he shook his head. Jocelyn dug out the information that broke the case. Cammy was evidently surprised, not pleasantly. She was very, she's disrespectful. I haven't noticed that. And she's got a child. She's not married. She was going to be her fiance die overseas in the military before he could marry her. He said with faint defensiveness. She told you that? He nodded. How do you know it's the truth? She asked with a cold smile. Women tell all sorts of stories. Why are you so antagonistic toward her? She didn't answer. If you won't come to supper, how about lunch tomorrow? It's a long drive to the ranch, she began. I'm staying at the apartment in town, she replied. You'll come, won't you? He wanted a way out, but he was reluctant to refuse. Cammy was his mother. He didn't spend a lot of time with her, and he felt good. I suppose I could if it's going to be just the two of us. 
Yeah, from of course replied she's my just us two. Now I have work to do, you matter open I have something nice for you to eat, she promised. She smiled at him and posted hugging. That's my good boy. I'll see you tomorrow. She kissed him. She had a cool look at Jocelyn and breathed out the front door. They do make Binkle Tiger traps, Jocelyn said thoughtfully. Although you would have to dig a deep hole in the office. He wouldn't smile, he wouldn't smile. He heard muffled sound from behind his closed door and she grinned. That night she took Marky to a local restaurant that featured a video game arcade. Who was filled to capacity? Let's try this one, she said enthusiastically after they had chicken fingers and iced tea. Here, I like this one, Marky agreed with a grin. So piling fighter planes. It was piloting fighter planes and shooting at an enemy on a huge movie screen. Marky laughed uninhibitedly. So did Jocelyn. She enjoyed the once-a-month outing as much as he did. They had little money for frivolous things like this, but she didn't want Marky to miss out on entertainment that other children have access to. For a four-year-old, he had an amazing dexterity and skill at the game. She was aware of movement behind her. Suddenly, there were three other people in the compartment parked on either side of her and Marky putting game cards into the slots. Think you're good, do ya? Matt Kilgrim show. Let's see. Don't let him bait you, Jocelyn. A very pregnant Winnie Sinclair said and laughed from beside him. I can outshoot him, so can you. A likely story. John Blackhoff scuffed as he made the console next to Jocelyn. I thought you were having dinner with them at home, she said to John, indicating his brother and sister-in-law. We did, but this is our favorite hangout. We like the games. If we had a bigger apartment, I'd port some like this. Mac chuckled. It would be great for the kids. Your son seems to like it. John commented to Jocelyn as Markley took down another fighter. Look, I hit it! He laughed. Good shot there. John agreed. Smiled at the child who smiled back. Getting much practice in real life, do ya? Mac asked the boy with the ring. I don't get out much. Marky said in a very adult tone and was rolled out said his mother. Jocelyn left. He's not allowed to carry anti-aircraft weapons in public. She said tongue in Oh, Mom? Marky said. I never get to have any fun. Tell you what. First enemy fighter jet that dives on you, I'll get you the best missile launcher I could find. Jocelyn told him. Wow. Marky said with pure worship in his eyes. Thanks, Mom. She said. Nothing too good for my boy. She said and winked at him. She fought down her discomfort at having Marky around her boss. She didn't want any problems to crop up and John Blackhawk's mother would be livid if she knew he was even playing video games with his administrative assistant outside work. But she wouldn't know. Hopefully, end of chapter 3.